Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, to my car, Jess Romero, Eddie Chavez. The month of February is dedicated to the Holy Family. Remember to say this prayer often throughout the day. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Save souls. Also want to mention some good news. The Catholic Prayer app, it's making history in the Apple Store. Yep, the Catholic Prayer app, Hollow, has made history becoming the first religious app to reach the number one spot on Apple's App Store. Hollow reached the top spot on Ash Wednesday, February 14th, which was the same day its Lent, its Lent Prayer 40-Day Challenge started. More than 1 million people joined the Lenten Prayer Challenge featuring Catholics actor Jonathan Romy, Mark Wahlberg, Father Mike Schmitz, and others. So that's good news for us as Catholics. Eddie, I want to play a short little clip uh, from Father Ripperger. He, uh, he has a whole... Okay. Okay, let me know when you have it uh, as soon as the Mr. Engineer uh, lets me know, we'll put it on. What he's done is he has like 47 two or three minute clips and they're fascinating. What he's done is he compares communist and communist ideology with the behavior of demons. So today, when uh, the engineer lets us know when it's ready, we'll uh, play with you, uh, play, play you a short clip where Father Ripperger talks about the way Eddie, I can't hear you. I can't hear you, Eddie. Yeah, where Father Ripperger talks, can't hear you, Eddie. A, a bit, a bit, the way ta- uh, communism. I'm sorry. I can hear you now. I can it's, hear. You. Uh, how do we access that, or do we have access to that? How do we get to the uh, to the app that has all these uh, short clips? The uh, let me see. I think the uh, the app is called. Let me check during the break, and I'll check how to get it. I'm sure. I'm sure it's in an Apple store. Oh, you go to your 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 Apple application on your phone or on your computer, the Apple okay. Store, and uh, it's called uh, it's called Hollow's app. Hollow app. And again, again, apparently it's the number one most downloaded app right now as of Ash Wednesday. So it's if you go to your Apple Store on your iPhone or on your computer, you can download it onto your computer or onto your phone. So, yeah, so all, all us Android users are out of luck, I guess, right? No, no. I think you what, what you guys what store do you guys use for Android? I mean, you guys must have some type of a store also. Probably Google Play Store, yeah. Yeah, yes, okay. go, that that's what I was told. Google Play Store uh, carries the app. And it's okay. uh it's right now it's it's uh it's killing it all over the country, which is a good thing. So Eddie, uh, meanwhile, before Rich puts the, the clips on, let's get into today's topic on our the liberal crystal method of healing deliverance from evil spirits. We want to talk today about repentance, metanoia, and forgiveness because if a person who's diabolically afflicted or even possessed, if they don't enter through their own free will into repentance, repenting of their sins before God, metanoia means a change of mind. They got to change their mind because when you change your mind, you change your behavior and they got to forgive themselves, learn to forgive themselves and learn to forgive others that are offended them. If they don't enter into that threefold journey of, of healing, they will never be liberated from diabolical affliction or possession. So, Eddie, you want to pick it up from there? It's on page 100. 
Lesson five. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so just Jesus uh, begins his public ministry with a salvo of truth for all generations. As I explained, Jesus' first words of the Gospel of Mark show precisely this necessity to both believe and make the necessary changes in behavior so as to live an authentic Christian life. Mm. Repent and believe in the gospel. Now, that's something we just heard recently, Just St. Yeah. Peter echoes this very thing in his first sermon preached at Pentecost. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, that's in uh, Acts. For the reader who has been baptized, this means three R's. Repent of your sins, renew your baptismal promises, and receive the Holy Spirit. That is, restore sanctifying grace in your soul. Conversion comes from the Latin converso, which means to turn around, revolve, change, or transfer from one composition to another. Uh, therefore, to make a moral change or make a conversion. In military usage, this is a command of about face in which soldiers standing at rank make a 180 degree turn. That is, at the command of converso, they immediately place the tip of their right foot behind their left heel and snap around to face the opposite direction. This, uh, this I explained, conversion then is part of the growth toward spiritual maturity for the baptized Christian and is essential to liberation from the influence of demons. I'm laughing just because I'm trying to remember how we actually did that when we were younger in the yeah. formation. Yes. That says, uh, yeah. uh, remember the demon always works in the objective, but drives us to focus on the emotions, uh, the subjective. As a result, many seek prayer forms that give an emotional release, but neglect the, um, the self-examination requisite to true contrition for the sins that block union with God. An authentic conversion involves contrition, which means not only sorrow for one's sins, but also the willful de uh, detestation of sin and the commitment to not sin again. Uh, the contrite soul operates out of the will, uh, not the emotions, in the design, in the desire to begin friendship with God, which was damaged or lost due to one's own sinful behavior. Thus, the contrite soul is, in a sense, ad orientum in his determination both not to commit the sins against again and in his commitment to do whatever takes whatever it takes to conquer them while the tears of compunction remorse or regret resulting from one's actions may result in a temporary feeling of remorse contrition is an ongoing condition of the soul that recognizes sin as the greatest evil and commits in the will uh, and commits in the will to avoid sin at all costs something jumped out at me very important here is that sin is in the will that's catholic teaching i like what dan says that the only way you can break this it's this is this is something that comes from the will it's uh you know uh the, this uh this commitment is in the will to break sin you can avoid it but you're the only one that can do it the next paragraph says this about face means you're going in one direction and now you go in the opposite direction the impetus for the turnaround is an interior movement of repentance for one's sins Principally because they offend God, wanting to be liberated from demonic activity is not sufficient. According to the Catechism, repentance metanoia is first a movement of conversion that, and is the radical reorientation of our whole life. Our return, a conversion to God with all our hearts and, and ends of sin. 
turning away from evil with repugnance towards the evil actions we have committed. By radical is implied the Latin word radix, which means root. Think about a radish, a root vegetable. Thus, for liberation to occur, you must have a radical reorientation of life in the truest sense of the word. That is, at the deepest level, the foundation, the origin upon which one is fixed, must be rooted in God alone. For God alone and by God alone, all other goods must be reordered to that foundation. And that which is unholy must be discarded. This means also a desire and resolution to change one's life, to include hope in God's mercy and trust in the help of His grace. I'll, I'll just say this. One of the, the differences between the angels and the demons, and obviously we want to imitate the angels, is that the angels face God. That's what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 18. They look at God's face. They see God face to face. What did the demons do? The demons turned their back on God. And they were, as a result of that, they were banished from heaven. They were cast to the earth. And so somebody imitates diabolical behavior when they turn their back to God Someone imitates angelic behavior when they face God. That's what conversion means. Eddie, comments? Yeah, Jess, you know, I think this is one reason why I think um, Dan's book, this field manual for spiritual combat, is attractive to military men and women of law enforcement. Uh, and because, you know, just the reality is this. Um, as, as police officers, we're trained to always prepare for the worst case scenario. And in the, in the, this, uh, in the, uh, this, um, the way you're you're talking here, what you're actually doing is saying it's possible that some of the things are going to turn worst case scenario, and so we always prepare for the worst case scenario. Just mm -hmm. so without this metanoia, without this about face that Dan's talking about, um, the the uh, you know the worst will happen. We will die a death and we'll go to hell. So that's what we're preparing for, and, and liberation uh, gives us the uh, uh, the possibility to come out of that. So I think it's important for us to remember that. Um, uh, metanoia is, is essential to be liberated, to forgive. There's a lot of uh, things that must happen because just the reality is what got us into this trouble was living a life that was uh, was contrary to the gospel. And so now it's going to be harder. People look for the emotional uh, part of this. Uh, but the reality is it's got to be the will. It has to be something you truly desire in order to get through it. That's right. Go ahead and pick up the next paragraph. Okay, it says, uh, Repentance then is the movement away from the subjective emotional response to the events in your life towards the willful resolution at the root of one's interior self to never again offend God with one's actions. We distinguish, moreover, between repentance and metanoia. As I explained, repentance comes from the Latin uh, re plus poentire, meaning to regret or to be deeply sorry for. This intellectual and interior movement of sorrow for sin and self-condemnation leads to a person uh, to resolve not to offend God further. Metanoia comes from the Greek word meaning to repent or literally change one's mind, change one's mind in the sense of changing one's purpose. Hold that thought, Eddie. Hold that thought. Jesus 911 two-man car. We'll pick it up. We'll be right back. Talking about repentance and metanoia. As, uh, as it relates to being liberated from the diabolical. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, 
Dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, repentance and metanoia is absolutely critical and it's an act of the will. It must be done by the person, by the penitent, by the person who's diabolically afflicted and or even possessed if they ever want to see liberation and deliverance and healing. It's impossible to be delivered any other way. Eddie, you want to pick it up from there? You want to make some comments? Yeah, Jesse, let's let's start again from repentance versus metanoia so people understand it. Got it. This is what Dan says. Yeah, he says, as I explained, repentance comes from the Latin re plus poentire, meaning to regret or to be deeply sorry for. This intellectual and interior movement of sorrow for sin and self-condemnation leads to a person uh, leads a person to resolve not to offend God any further. Metanoia now comes from the Greek word meaning to repent or literally change one's mind in the sense of changing one's purpose. That purposeful change means a movement from unbelief to belief from sin vice to the practice of virtue. To repent implies to uh, the commitment to change for good one's thoughts, words, and deeds. And metanoia flows from that commitment. Metanoia refers to the tangible actions or movements in the will that are requisite with and necessary for perfect repentance. Hmm. One may repent that they have fallen into the life of sin and slavery, but still lack the deep inner conviction to do whatever is necessary to change the acquire, uh, to change and acquire true freedom. Metanoia, therefore, goes beyond just feeling sorry for your sins and gives impetus to the radical reorientation of one's life. That's that's key right there, that, that yes. phrase, because that comes right from the catechism too. Reorientation of one's life. In other words, you got to turn... Eddie, there's a little old Baptist song that I even is played on Catholic retreats, I remember, it, and, and it defines this. It says... Uh, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. And as in the song, thing is, the cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me. I have decided to follow Jesus. Notice, I have decided. That's an act of the will. No turning back, no turning back. That little Baptist Protestant song, let me tell you something, it's theologically rich in terms of what we're saying right now. Yeah, Jesse, you know, this is something that many people don't understand. It, this, this liberation process, what happens in, in, in the Libra Crystal method or any method, one has to change their mind. One has to have a total focus on something different than what they were focused on. A lot of people come to the church and they want to be relieved of the pain that, yes. that they have. And that's it. They don't want to be connected again with God. No, nope. so this is what that's, yep. that's what that's what this is. Reordering your life is be connected with God. You got to get up on time. You got to get get up early. You got to make your bed. You got to have breakfast. You got to do all the things that that a normal Catholic does yeah. routinely in their life. Yeah. Get your morning prayers done. Get your rosary in. Yeah. Yeah. That's a reorientation of life. It's like I said, we've said before, it's like going to the backyard because you you haven't tended to your yard in a year, two years. You got to go out there and start pulling some weeds. That's what right. happens. You got weeds in the soul. 
You got weeds in your in your personality, in your character. You have all these. De- got to start pulling. We- That's what liber crystal is. It's a it's a it's a method of healing and deliverance that helps the person take responsibility for their actions and start pulling weeds. Yeah, the church is going to help you. Yeah, they're going to pray for you. Yes, the the sacraments are available, which is which is completely necessary for liberation. But you got to start pulling the weeds yourself. Yep, and you got to and you know just. Uh, what has to be done is you have to be sorry for your sins, but you have to admit your sins. You have yeah. to have an examination of conscience and go back to where what brought you to this point in the first place. So I think it's important for people to understand when you come to the church, you're going to be asked these things. Uh, you're going to have to admit your sins. Even the sins that, that are not clear to you at this point, that's what's going to have to happen. That's right. Want to pick it up? Yes. Uh, yeah. Dan goes on. He says, this is to say... Uh, there should be an about face in both the intellect and the will, mm. uh, a gathering up of the intellect and a willful desire to make a radical change. This gathering up means assenting to all that the church teaches and seeking Christian perfection. Maintaining a state of grace and living the Catholic faith are essential to long-term liberation. Grace can be blocked, even rejected, to the extent doctrines and dogmas are discarded. Consequently, it is important to conform both your beliefs and practices to the truth of the Roman Catholic faith. The demon is always present wherever there are heresies, whether they're either false beliefs or, or ignorance. And consequently, we emphasize the importance of living orthodoxy and orthopraxy. How about some comments there, Jess? That's important. Yeah. He brought up some yeah. good points there. Exactly. Father Ripperger and Kyle teach, uh, they, they teach that, the demon always enters the person or afflicts the person through sin. Sin, sin is the entrance, the, the portal, the, the doorway for the demon to enter into the person to afflict the person or to possess the person. But then the demon maintains or holds on uh, to that person through heresy. So let's just say, for example, you're a Catholic and you start saying, you're already diabolically afflicted or maybe even possessed. So the demon's already entered in through mortal sin. And then you start, you know, uh, you start seeking help from the church and you're, they're, they're starting to catechize you. And then you say, no, nah, but I don't believe you got to go to confession to a priest. No, no, no. You don't have to do that. No, nah, no. Nah, Mary had other children. No, no. That was not. Once you hold on to heresy, the demon laughs. He goes, I got him. <laughs> I got him. The demon, the it's think about Eddie, you know, our, you have, we have young men, okay, sons that are young, and a lot of that that generation they like to go and climb these plastic rocks, you know, these um, there's these places where these gyms where there's a, like a plastic mountain and and they climb, you know, they yeah, you and me aren't going to do that, obviously, okay. And notice the way these young guys climb these these scale these mountains. There's crevices, okay, and they put their hands in there and then they put their feet in there and they're climbing the mountain as these protrusions, these rocks are sticking out, or there's crevices. That's exactly what, think about that mountain, that plastic mountain as a human soul. The demon through your hair, they enter through mortal sin. You you open the door, they're inside now. Now they hang on to you through these crevices, these protruding rocks. And when you make yourself, you reorient your intellect and your will and now you're back in a state of grace. See all those crevices and rocks in that mountain? They're all shaved down and now the mountain is, is slippery now the mountain has no 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 rocks that are protruding or no crevices the mountain is completely filled in the demon has nowhere to hang on to because the mountain is in a state of grace 
all you're confessed, you're reoriented your life to Christ, the demon has not, and you, you've embraced all the church's teachings, there's no more intellectual heresy, the demon has nothing to hand on to, they slide and they're gone. Yeah, just you know, people have to admit their sins. A lot of people don't understand what, what sin can truly be. And so if you believe that, like you said, Mary didn't have other kids. Well, I believe in the Virgin Mary. She's, you know, she's someone that I I, I revere. She's she's beautiful. She she has a great, uh, uh, she can, she's a mediatric small graces. But they hold on to that one heresy. Just if you get afflicted by a demon, you're not going to be released from that until you get over, you learn that particular heresy, because that's what it is. And so that's why we have to be precise in our in our catechesis, Jess, or people are not going to get it. Yeah, there has to be uh, there has to be uh, an ascent of the intellect to the truth of divine revelation. And f- for example, the four Marian dogmas, they're all revealed by God. It's a truth of divine revelation. So somebody who's possessed or diabolically afflicted, if they dissent from the truths of the Catholic faith, that they won't be healed. That's that's what's, uh, what Liber Christa calls, that's a holding point for the demon, and they'll keep on tormenting the person. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Pick it up, Eddie. Yeah. Okay, we go to, this is akin to how a rock climber scales a mountain Ah, that's face. what I just said. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Uh, mountain face by means of two types of handholds. Along the wall, there are, uh, either crevices into which what which he can place his hand or foot, or there are protrusions which he can grab or step upon. In an analogous way, through ignorance, little crevice, or false beliefs, protrusions, the demon can hold in a soul. An important step towards this uh, towards dispossessing the demon from your soul. Therefore, it is. Is therefore is to fill the areas of ignorance with knowledge and grind down heresies with the truth. That's what we were saying. Just people have to be catechized and remember precise teaching. Yeah. Uh, make that wall a smooth face that cannot be scaled. You can bounce from exorcist to exorcist, from prayer meeting to prayer meeting in search of liberation. But to the extent your soul has ignorance or heresy and attachment to mortal sin. The demon can still remain active. Yeah. I didn't even read that before. And uh, before I made my comment and here you read it. And it's exactly pretty much what I was, what I was saying. And just, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, this points out that, you know what, there's, there's only one person that can torpedo a, a deliverance or, or healing or anything. And that's, that's the person going that's through the person. it. That's right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And a yes. lot of them, a lot of them do Eddie. They torpedo the whole session. Yes, you remember, and I'm sure uh, Anita will too, there was a woman that we prayed for who took off her shoes on the, in the sanctuary, walked around the sanctuary. We ended up chasing her down Glen Oaks Boulevard from the parish. Just this was a woman that 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 torpedoed her all deliverance because we were praying for her, and that's it. She she uh she took off and we had to chase her down the street. We had to chase her down the street. You remember what I'm talking about. So that's um yeah. That's too bad. Okay. Uh, Dan writes, while we have seen some liberations occur in souls who are not detached from mortal sin and have yet to conform their belief to the truths of the Roman Catholic faith, inevitably the words of Jesus ring true. When an unclean spirit goes out of a person, it roams through arid regions searching for rest, but it finds none. Then it says, I will return to my home from which I came. 
but upon returning, it finds it empty and swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and brings back with itself seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they move in and dwell there. And the last condition is worse than the first. Matthew chapter 12, 43 to 45. In our experience, most people live in mortal sin. Almost 90% of the cases end up being possessed again because of the lack of detachment to sin and conformity of belief. Thus, if a person does not cleanse himself and grow in holiness of thought, word, and deed, he can end up in a worse condition. And you and me have seen that as well, Eddie. Yeah, Jesse, you know, a lot of people here are cleansing. And so, uh, you know, people are, they're half on the right track. Oh, so I have to get cleansed. So what they do is they look for a way to get cleansed. And so the, one of the first stops they do is with a shaman or they go have a, you know, a, somebody, a curandero, uh, cook an egg on the side of their bed, something that, or burn some sage, Jess, that's very popular, burning sage in a home to cleanse it from evil spirits. But what they're doing is they're, they're they're breaking the first commandment and they're not trusting that God can do it. They're going outside the confines of the church to say, this is how I'm going to get cleansed. This sage will, will make it right. And just they just get deeper and deeper into the sin that they got, they got them here in the first place. So they just, that's, Eddie, that's what, yes. with, that rit, with that ritual, they've just opened the door to more demons to enter the house. We'll exactly. be right back. Jesus 911, two-man car, stick around. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, two-man car, Jesus 911, retired deputy sheriff, retired highway patrol. We're here uh, giving you guys uh, the Liber Crystal method of uh, a field manual for spiritual combat. We're talking about repentance and metanoia. Ed and me were retired first responders, and we, you know, we help people. Uh, that's what we did. I mean, that's what a first responder does. You help people. You assist people. You try, you, you're, you're a vanguard of society. Well, now we're trying to help people from a worst enemy, you know, the Crips and the Bloods and drunk drivers. We're trying to help people from the diabolic. And we're also trying to assist people, not just by, you know, giving them a jumper or, you know, helping out with their spare tire or something or giving them a ride somewhere. Now we're trying to help people get to heaven. So... We're now what I would call we went from physical spiritual, the uh, spiritual physical first responders, to now what's more important we are spiritual first responders. Eddie, yeah, just amen to that, brother. One of the things, just I wanted to just kind of give a little bit more information on. So when we attempt to fix the situation on in our, on our own, right, without self deliverance, uh, with righteous self deliverance, and we complicate the case for the people that are gonna talk to us and, and go through it. So what happens is because we uh, uh, see a, a shaman or go to a curandero, what happens is we complicate the case. And what we do is we make the people that are uh, evaluating us sift through more sin that's necessary, <laughs> right? They have, you know, because now they have a, a confidence in the ability of the shaman or the curandero, oh, I can get cleansed, and they make it worse, Jess. And, and uh, you know, we don't like to see suffering. We didn't like to see suffering back then, and we don't like to see suffering now. And unfortunately, there's a good amount of people that uh, don't help themselves and, uh, and uh, hurt themselves with, with some of these things that they do. Well, well, they make it worse, Eddie, because they're trying to they're trying to heal of diabolical affliction, and they go to an agent of Satan for healing. Think about that, okay? 
It's like, okay, I want to, I want to, you know, get cured from drug addiction. So I'm going to go to the neighborhood junkie uh, to co- consult with him uh, because I want to, I want to just, you know, deliver from from drug addiction. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You go to the neighborhood junkie uh, and get direction from him, right? Yeah, I want to pick know, it up. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I can, I can. Let me just say this because people have to understand how much suffering somebody goes through when it's time during the 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 the, uh, the, the uh, deliverance or the exorcism just yeah. when they say in the holy name of Jesus I reject I renounce I rebuke these sins well guess what after you add to that you're adding to the to you know the, what you add to your sins you add to your suffering and that's something nobody wants to do that's right okay amen i'll go on here you got metanoia that. therefore involves the intellect that is the changing of purpose and demonstrative movements in the will. The fruit of metanoia is the gradual acquisition of holiness and thought, word, and deed. We emphasize this point for two reasons. One, many people seek the prayers of liberation because of the, uh, because of the emotional release that they experience, but they never examine the deeply embedded sinful behavior, which ultimately allows the demon to remain present in them. Uh, two, the holiness requisite to true contrition and metanoia in what is needed for long-term liberation. That is, many people never do the about face that we're talking about. Comments, any? You got any comments? Yeah, just, you know, it's funny because when we think about, you know, the acquisition of holiness, thought, word, and deed. So, you know, words, we can somewhat control the words that we say. We're in Nick's company. We don't want to go there. Uh, deed, you know, we don't want to do things that offend other people. So we're semi-conscious of that. But in thought, just thought is my problem. That's why they mentioned it first mm-hmm. here. I think it's the most important thing because we can really hold on to thoughts. That's hold, giving the, the demon a stronghold. And when we hold on to certain thoughts which are associated with or are heresies in themselves, that's what makes it worse. That's what brings us down. And uh, like that's not that's like what, the, what it says. What Dan's book says here is many people never do the about face. We never we never totally turn around and walk the opposite way. And again, those those battles. Saint Joan of Arc said, uh, she said, the 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 area where the demons attack us the most is the mind, the mind. Yeah. That's the battlefield in the diabolic. And the, and the only way that you can take custody of the mind is again, uh, is you have to have, have recourse to prayer. As soon as these bad thoughts start coming into mind, you have to go on fight mode and fight mode is prayer, whether it's spontaneous prayer, prayers of renunciation, rebuke, the rope prayers of the church, hail Mary, glory be our father. In other words, the demon wants to start having a conversation with you and having a relationship with you. And you got to stop it immediately when these bad thoughts come in. How? You start talking to God. You start talking to Our Lady. You start talking to your guardian angel. The the only way, and this happens throughout the day, it comes like in waves. It, it reminds me of uh, just like the barbarians attacking Rome back in the fourth century. They would just come in waves and waves until they until they crushed the, uh, and they 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 descended upon Rome in four six seventy six A.D. The demons throughout the day just they just come in waves into your mind and putting bad thoughts. And what happens, I catch it. I just said, okay, time to start praying. And I just start talking. 
either spontaneous, I renounce, rebuke, and reject you in Jesus' name, go to the foot of the cross, or our Father, who art in heaven, usually in Latin, Pater Nostra, Quesincelli, you know, or Ave Maria, Gracia Plena. Start talking to our Lord and Our Lady, and I'll tell you what happens within five seconds, they're gone. Because once you start projecting the Word of God like arrows out of your mouth, that's an offensive weapon, they are gone. Because you're, you're, you're projecting them into the cosmos, the demons, they feel the pain, they feel the power of the Word of God as it projects from your mouth into the cosmos, they are gone. But that, this is something that just happens throughout the day because they don't sleep. It reminds me, demons remind me, I was talking to Anita this week and Eddie, uh, remember that movie, The Lord of the Rings? Yes. Lord of the Rings, okay. Remember those ugly beasts called the orcs? Orcs? <laughs> okay. Yes. That, yes. That's what demons are like. They're orcs and they're constantly attacking. They get beat up. They get routed back. They reassemble and then they come back and attack. They get beat up. They get driven back. And then what happens? They assemble and they come back. Guess how long we're going to be doing this, guys and girls? The rest of our life. But don't be afraid because... That's why God has given us the sacraments and prayer and the rosary and devotions because these are the weapons that we fight against them. Until when? Until when? Until we drop dead and we're in a state of grace and we're in the presence of God and the fight ceases. But until then, we have to fight and we must fight. And you know, just any Catholics available to do this, this is available to any of us to pray in, in thought, to say a Hail Mary, to say, Lord, Lord God, help me, I'm a sinner. All these things that can come to your mind uh, can be used in these is in these instances. And so, you know, I, I often tell people, I remember whispering into somebody's ear just as they're manifesting. I'll say, uh, keep praying, John. Keep praying. Call Jesus. Call Mary, John. Call your guardian angel. Call St. Michael. John, we're here. We're praying with you. Let's fight. And, you know, this tends to give them the strength to Absolutely. keep going, to motivate them. So I think that that's, um, that's important for people to realize is because it's that time when they're suffering. It's that time when they need people to be helping them. That's right. And that's exactly what the, the support team is all about. That's yes. Okay. Diabolic lies and removing obstacles to grace. You know, I want to keep say this for next, because we only got like two minutes and we're going to go on to another topic. Eddie, I want to just mention something, uh, just have a conversation with you. Did uh, Do you know what happened a few days ago at St. Patrick's Cathedral? It's all over oh, yes. The, it's all over the news. Yes. So apparently, apparently uh, uh, there is a, a funeral of a transgender person. Uh, and apparently I've read, I'm, I'm reading what, the, what St. Patrick is putting out their communication. They didn't know that the person was transgender. They didn't know that the person was a non-practicing Catholic. They're saying that they didn't know that the cathedral was going to be filled from wall to yeah. wall with transgenders, homosexuals, and LGBT. And uh, and I haven't seen all the, the whole video, just in little bits and pieces, but apparently a lot of people are saying that what they did inside the church was sacrilegious and blasphemous and, yeah. and their, their actions in the church. Now, Here's what's interesting, and it goes to show you that the, the devil never sleeps and demons never sleep. I'm going to tell you some the backdrop to the story, I think, why this happened. Okay, So there was an attack on St. Patrick's Cathedral by the, the homosexual LGBT lobby, the transgender movement, where they were they, they, they behaved very blasphemous and they were shouting and saying things that were sacrilegious inside the church. And they were all dressed like drag queens, like the Dodger Stadium drag queens. Well, I'll tell you why, uh, again, 
this is a constant fight that we're having against the diabolical until Christ comes back. And the church militant, we have to fight. We must fight. Two weeks ago, Father Chad Ripperger was invited to St. Patrick's Cathedral, and he went, and he gave a series of lectures, and guess what happened, Eddie? St. Patrick's Cathedral was filled like in the days of Fulton Sheen preaching. Father Ripperger filled the, the St. Patrick's Cathedral like nobody else since Fulton Sheen, okay? Uh, there was Retaliation. Yeah, bingo. Now, here's something else interesting. I have it in good authority. I'm not going to go any further than that. Father Ripperger did an exorcism prayer. They asked him to do exercise St. Patrick's Cathedral. They asked him, and so he did, okay? He received the authority from the person that, from the cathedral that told him to exercise St. Patrick's. He did. He gave an, an entire weekend lecture, and it was packed. People were, the, the people were even outside in the lobby, in the vestibule. Uh, it was, again, it was like Fulton Sheen was there again, or Father Karapi. That's the type of audience. The, the three people that pulled numbers like this right now are Father Karapi, uh, Archbishop Sheen, and, and, Father, and Father Ripperger. So you think it's a coincidence that two weeks after Father uh, Ripperger uh, gives in incredible lectures at St. Patrick's Cathedral, exercises the entire cathedral, you think it's a coincidence that the devil attacked retaliation, saying, we, we've got to take back what I already have a stronghold. I have a foothold. I already got a foothold into that place. I got a lot of people that work for me in there. And, uh, and he sends this, uh, this blasphemous entourage of thousands of homosexuals, lesbians, LGBT people in St. Patrick's Cathedral uh, for the funeral of, an, of a non-practicing Catholic who, was, a, 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 who, who uh, was, was transgender, was a man that thinks it's a woman. And they were in there, Eddie, shouting things and saying things, which once again... A lot of people are writing to Cardinal Dolan. They're saying, Cardinal Dolan, you need to reconsecrate the sanctuary. And now you, as a cardinal, you need to do an exorcism. You're the cardinal. You need to exercise that place as well. I just want to throw that in there. I'll get your thoughts on the next segment. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two-man car, two, two physical first responders, now spiritual first responders. I think uh, that's the more important work, Eddie. Not that being a physical first responder is not noble. It certainly is. But spiritual first responders, I think we're doing something that, that's pleasing to the Lord and is something that's critically important. Eddie, you got any comments on what I said about St. Patrick's Cathedral? Does it, does it uh, surprise you as to what I said? No, it, it, I didn't know that Father Ruber had been there, Jess. So that, that explains entirely why uh, there was this uh, retaliation. But, you know, Jess, what, and I know you didn't mention it, but I'll mention it. This was a Spanish-speaking group of individuals. It was a funeral that was a Spanish speaker. And so that makes it especially kind of... Uh, disappointing for me. You know, they went up there and they translated a whole uh, a phrase or a whole uh, uh, diatribe that they went on. And just this is the thing. When you do that, you are you're you're really kind of uh, talking badly about your own group because you know that doesn't be belong in that church. Nope. You know, you know that doesn't belong in any church, much, much less a Catholic church. And when they did that, Jess, um, that to me, that kind of degrades their whole purpose 
and and uh, that's terrible. But you're right. I think um, I think the uh, the, uh, the the bishop has to do an exorcism on that. He he has to do it. just if he has a pair, he'll do that, and he'll do it in public so everybody can see it. Right? That's that's yeah. what we have to. What's we're hoping for? Reconsecrate the sanctuary, everything there, and do a prayer yeah. of exorcism over the whole cathedral, Cardinal Dolan. We're asking you this all the way from the West Coast. Okay. Mr. Engineer, can you put on the first clip? We're going to play two clips back-to-back. They're from Father Ripperger. The first one is the way communists attack our children, and it's the same tactic, the way demons attack our children as well. Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip? One of the things that demons do is that they attack the institution of marriage. And we're going to come back to that later in this series. But for now, the reason that we want to observe that they attack marriage is in order to harm and damage the children, because they know if they can harm them or damage them in relationship to the marriage of the parents, that when they're young, then they will have a greater opportunity to possibly control them in the future. In other words, when people are wounded or damaged, that is, because that's what wound is. Wound is a kind of damage on the skin, etc. But it's the same thing true in relationship to psychology. Demons know that if you can wound a person when they're young, their psychological faculties don't function in a normal way. And as a result of that, they're more easily controllable and manipulatable. Sin, trauma, abuse on the side of parents and others is the way in which children are formed in the minds of the demon to be susceptible to doing whatever they want them to do. In other words, you just weaken them, and then that way you can just control them. Bella Dodd observed that one of the first institutions that the communists took over in the United States was the educational system. Communists know that you have to go after the children in order to gain control and the formation of the children and the direction that the children are likely to go politically. It, quote, takes a village. Constant government involvement or control over the children, their education, etc., is what communists try to do. They want to control. In fact, parents are viewed as bad. You have to get them away from the parents in order to form them. This is one of the clearest signs of Marxist communist thinking. Communists have a long-term plan. They're very patient. Just like demons are very patient. They will take their time to build their case. Communists have a long-term plan. Uh, and it is necessary in the public order to combat them, that those who have vigilance over the nation, their family, etc., must be willing to have longevity. They must be willing to go the distance. It's not something you're just going to clear out and then you're done. Battling communists, once they've gotten in, is a long-term process. In their willingness to maintain vigilance, people have to be willing to be able to maintain a vigilance and to fight for the good of their children so that the communists don't end up making their lives miserable. Okay, the next clip you're going to watch is the way Father Ripper is going to talk about the way communists and demons, both of them, they cause divisions in marriage and in family. And then uh, after this clip, we'll, we'll, we'll have a discussion, Eddie, you and myself. Uh, Mr. Engineer, can you play the second clip? One of the common warfare tactics is simply to divide and conquer. So if you can break off a segment of a battalion from the rest of the battalion, you can very often take them out much more quickly. And this is one of the primary tactics that demons use, is to divide and conquer. Now, this is done by making the individual feel like he is alone, that there's nobody who shares his view or understands him. Division is first brought about by affecting people's perceptions. You see this in marriage 
all the time. The first thing that demons do is attack the perceptions that the spouses have of each other in order to divide them psychologically, and then the division in them uh, externally in the marriage can happen later. But you have to first divide them psychologically. You cannot get people to divorce each other unless their perceptions of each other are contrary to the reality or contrary to the individual. Division is brought up about by affecting the perception of the individual in relationship to others for others in relationship to the individual or others in relationship to the individual. So basically what this means is it's all about perceptions. In the Communist Manifesto, at the very root of the, the full foundation of the Communist Manifesto is based upon a class struggle. So it pits one class against another by its very thing. The first thing it tries to do is, is get people's perceptions that they're against each other. That's the first thing that it does. It does it by class warfare, which is just a form of divide and conquer. This is also why communists cause division by race when it doesn't need to be. They cause division by uh, various other aspects, by ethnicity, by country of origin, etc. They are causing the division, uh, uh, and they cause this by, in the division in the news media outlets by constantly talking about the racial divide. If you keep talking about it, you'll start affecting people's perceptions about our country. So this is why Morgan Freeman said one of the first ways to stop having difficulties among race relations is to stop talking about it, right? <laughs> Let things settle down because the constant talking about it maintains the perceptions. And as a result, the communists use that in order to divide and conquer. Part of the reasons for the hypocrisy and double standards is to foment unrest. We've talked about hypocrisy and double standards. The reason they do that is to foment unrest and division. When people see that politicians get to commit crime after crime after crime and nothing is ever done about it, over the course of time, and there's a double standard that they get to do stuff that other people don't get to do, you know, they get to go have their hair done when other people don't get to have their hair done, things like that, or they get to go to walk in a park, as one mayor recently did after he had closed down the parks. People that divide is done in order to create the division. They do it on purpose to create the division so that it can be used. Now, sometimes they're just doing it for selfish reasons, but in the end, the communists use that because then they can use that as to create the strife in which they can then seize power. Anytime you see people trying to create division, it's a pretty good sign that you're dealing with a communist or a communist group. These are 47 short little two, three minute videos put out by Father Ripperger. And they're, they're interesting because what he does is he compares communist behavior with demonic behavior. And, and remember, people don't realize that Father Ripperger is trained as a psychologist, that he was, he was doing psychology before he became an exorcist. What happened, he was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and his bishop saw, wow, this guy's really good at psychology. But he's got the Catholic Thomistic background. So what happened is uh, exorcists from all, he was not even an exorcist yet. Exorcists from all over the country were asking him questions about possession and how the diabolical operates in psychology and the psyche of the person. And that Father Ripperger wrote his first book. It was called The, uh, the, the, the Science of Mental Health. It's a psychology book for exorcists. He wrote it as a non-exorcist. 
And it's used all over the country by exorcists because they're saying, man, this young priest from Tulsa, Oklahoma, this guy understands the St. Thomas psychological component of how the demon interrelates with the human person. And it was at that moment where basically you had very respected exorcists from all over the country. They're asking him questions about the psychology, the the, the diabolical uh, psychological component of, of the possession. And father would explain it to him in his book. And uh, that's how the, the, the Tulsa, Oklahoma bishop said, you know what? We need you to be the uh, exorcist here from, uh, for Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then that's when they opened up the Pope Leo XIII school. And they asked him, this book that you wrote, people need, for, exorcists need to understand this, the psychological attack on the mind from the demon. And so he started the Pope Leo XIII Institute. So these are, every lay Catholic should watch these. 47, two or three minute clips where he explains, it's, they're short. He explains the, the way demons attack the mind. And he goes into detail in these two, three minute videos and, and, and especially people that are, that are in deliverance teams should watch this because it'll give them a deeper understanding as to how to treat the, treat the penitents. And what's interesting is, uh, is again, as, as, as Father says, that you can't separate the mind from the actual diabolical affliction because that's exactly what they attack is the mind. So, uh, uh, yeah, Eddie, this, uh, you know, I want to just promote this to people out there, even for, for people's personal catechesis, you know. This is even something sure. to do like at a... At a at a Catholic men's group, you know, at a formation night or something, watch these videos, sit around and discuss them so we could understand. And what's interesting, I like, he, sh- he says that the, de- the de- demonic behavior is exactly like the Communist Manifesto. And he, he always quotes the Communist Manifesto when it says godlessness, big government, uh, take away people's rights, separate families. He goes, when you look at the Communist Manifesto, it's exactly the way demons operate. He goes, in my 17 years as an exorcist, this is exactly the way they operate. And then, of course, he always kind of dog whistles. He doesn't say it outright. doesn't say it outright, but he always dog whistles that our government <coughs> is exactly what he's describing right now. So it's, it's interesting. You can, read, you can read through what he's saying about the Biden administration. And that it's completely diabolical. Yeah. And just it should be no secret to us that we have, you know, some political leanings and we if we listen to what's going on daily. Uh, <laughs> we should know that that they have people that are that are saying this on, on, on his administration. So it shouldn't be a surprise for us. Right. Um, but yeah, just I, I have seen a couple of these. I haven't seen them all, but I, I know that there's 47 up because you said it. And I think I'm going to listen to it because, you know, uh, it's important for us to understand these little these little uh, intricacies, Jess, because yeah. by not understanding them, we can get taken away and, and distracted from what's important. And I think that's what he does here. It brings us to uh, where we belong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Great. Great video. Yeah. All right. We're done. That's a wrap. Jesus 911. Two men car. We'll see you next week. We are EOW. Our shift is over. End of watch. We are out. Mr. Engineer, who's up next? Matthew Arnold up next. Coming up in a few minutes. Stick around you so you can hear some more. Orthodoxy from VMPR.org. See you next time. God bless you. Keep the faith.